What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is myself and Greg Piatelli in one of our most contentious podcasts yet. We talk all things MLB. We talk the AL East, everything that happened in New York between the Yankees and the Mets. We talk the NL East and what's happening with the Phillies and the wildcard chase. We talk about the White Sox. We talk about Shohei Otani and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Greg defends Vladdy Jr.'s MVP hopes. I'm defending Shohei. This one was crazy. Cannot wait to hear what y'all think. We wrap the podcast up talking about the Ryder Cup and recent comments made by Brooks Kepka and a little bit of a preview. We're going to dive into that next week. As always, though, let us know what you think in the show notes. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them. Search the bullpen cart. Subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. But enjoy the episode. Have a great weekend. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, finally back with a baseball show after a few weeks off. And, of course, I had to have the prophet join me. Mr. Greg Piatelli, how are you? Jordy, no better time of the year. We got the Ryder Cup coming up. Uh, The Boston Marathon is in the fall this year because it's been delayed for COVID twice. We got baseball coming down to the stretch, the wire, football started, college football started. Uh, What else is going on, Jordy? Hockey is a month away. I mean, this is just the best time of the year. Can you you beat the fall? No, and you're right. The, The Boston Marathon, our big spring run, the Broad Street run, also got moved to the fall, which is, uh, yeah, I guess everything still got pushed because we were right on the cusp of it not being canceled with COVID. But uh, I, you kind of forget with how open everything was in the summer. Obviously, the fall and the Delta variant have changed things. But where everything was and, and kind of how quick that, that span was. So you're right. A lot of more fun things in the fall. A year ago, obviously, we still had basketball and hockey on. But we're getting them back soon, as you mentioned. We're like, I think preseason camps are opening up. I think the Flyers had a rookie game today, and that's exciting to hear. Somebody said on Flyers Twitter of they'd take anything, including videos from an iPhone 4, which, you know, it's always nice. Flyers Twitter, it, we like don't need that? to talk about it. I saw I saw there's an Instagram video of Cam York mic'd up uh, during training one of the training camp uh, sessions. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm very excited about him. But we're not here to talk about hockey. You, me, and Mark are cabin practices. Um, yeah, we're here to talk about baseball, Jordy, but real quick, let's, or at the end, let's go, let's go back to the Ryder Cup talk. Yeah, I like that. I like that call. Or should we do a preview of later on? We can, uh, we'll jump back onto it in a little bit. Cause there was some news that came out yesterday and today recording this Wednesday yeah. night and Greg baseball is really it. getting to an interesting head of where things are. We've had two teams clinch playoff spots. The San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers, both in the playoffs. Dodgers still two and a half back of the red-hot Giants. 
We'll come back to the NL West because I know you're going to want to talk all about Gabe the Babe and all that stuff. Because let's start in the East. <laughs> Our two divisions. Well, really, because it all it begins and ends with my complaints about the Philadelphia Phillies. But let's start positive, Greg. We're going to start in your division, the American League East, with four different teams with 81 wins or more. The Yankees, despite being ice cold, 3-7 and seven in their last 10, they have won two straight. They've now at 81 wins. Red Sox, 83 wins, guaranteed to finish above 500. They're tied, but technically the Blue Jays are ahead of them because they have a 1,000th of a percentage point better of a record because they've played two less games. And they're each eight games behind the Tampa Bay Rays. And the Red Sox and Blue Jays are currently the two wildcard teams, a half game up on the Yankees. And four games up, the Red Sox and Blue Jays are on two teams from the AL West. Greg, are you surprised at what's going on here. Obviously, we haven't had you on in a while since the last time we did a baseball show that was not just me. The Red Sox had just gotten swept by the Yankees. They were ice cold. Now they're back into it. They're back ahead of the Yankees. Are you surprised about where the AL East is? And Yeah, you know, it's funny It's funny that only the, the Yankee fans or your Yankee co-hosts only come on when, when they have one good series the entire season. It's funny how that works. And then the preseason they were on when the Yankees were supposed to be this end all be all team. It's, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not here to throw shade, but it's just funny how that works out and everyone else can draw their own conclusions, but just something to think about Jordy. Just something to think about. <laughs> it's funny. He said the same thing about you that you dropped out at the last minute, right after they get uh, the Red Sox were ice cold. So rivalry I mean, isn't it, dead. It's still here. I mean, I, I didn't even know you were having him on. I would never have dropped that last minute. I did hear that thought. But anyway, regardless, this division, I mean, was the best in baseball for a while, took a couple years off, is now back to being the best division in baseball. I guess you can't even say, say it took a couple years off because the Yankees made the World Series, the Red Sox won the World Series, the Yankees lost. AL, no, they didn't even make it. No, they didn't make, they right. made the World Series since, right. they, since they beat the Phillies. They you're made right, the they ALCS. Made you're right. You're right. They didn't even make it. That's right. They, yeah, because they stink. But the Red Sox won. Uh, Toronto I think a lot of people would uh, point at a garbage can about why they lost. But continue. Tampa, Tampa made it. Tampa made it last year. Oh, speaking of, did you see the Mets accusing the Yankees of of stealing signs? So I don't want to hear it from any Yankee fan. I don't want to hear it from any Yankee fan about that nonsense because. The whistling thing that the Mets accused the Yankees of and, and Francisco Lindor and Baez, they were chirping the Yankees about it. If, unless you're a Yankee fan or a Mets fan, you probably don't know the story, but we can get into that later. The Yankee fans have no right and no leg to stand on now in terms of cheating scandals after this bullshit. Yeah, so do you, what... just, do you want to dive into it now? Because we're what we're going to do, kind of as a housekeeping note, we're going to go both East Divisions – then we're going to quickly cover both centrals because they're there's something to talk about with the NL Central, but the AL Central is all but wrapped up at this point. Uh, and then we're going to do the West. We're going to do the the fun stuff at the end. But do you want to start with the Yankee Met hoop, hoopla that happened over the weekend? Yeah. So Subway Series 9/11. You know they the Yankees really ruined the the sentimental value of the night by doing this cheating, starting this whole thing. And, and causing this rip, this riffraff ruckus, classic Yankee move, ruining the mood in, in the moment. Um, but yeah, so my understanding is the Yankees were whistling and, and stealing signs and, 
a similar version of the of the trash can whistling twice if it's a fastball, whistling once if it's a whatever whatever it was. They were they were cheating, right? Francisco Lindor hits a home run, rounds the bases, points to his mouth, does the two finger you know people whistle with two fingers in the mouth, pretends to do that, is talking trash to the to all the players around the infield about it, pointing at the Yankees dugout about it. Francisco Lindor had three home runs that night, and so then Giancarlo Stanton in a rare time where he doesn't strike out and doesn't hit a home run pops out and he's rounding the bases and he starts yelling at Lindor for, Hey, don't show us up like that. You know, you hit a home run, just take your base, whatever. And Lindor and Baez start doing the same thing again, the whistling, go back to your dugouts. You guys are cheaters. You guys, this, you guys, that. And well, the Metro holds different can of worms we'll get into that later but the fact that yankee fans are going to sit here swear up and down their team doesn't cheat swear up and down this and that we talked about you and i talked about at the time the astros just happened to be the team that got caught it was the red sox with the ipad it was the cardinals with stealing everyone else's database it was you know there's a guy in jail from the cardinals and no one talks about that but yet here we are talking about trash cans so you know, it's just every team has their own way of doing it. Every team does it. It's just the Astros are the team that happened to get caught. Um, but, yeah, the Yankees, hypocrites, two people's face. Uh, did I miss something, Jordy? Uh, the one thing you said he popped out, John Carlos Stanton hit a home run when he was escalating things. <laughs> he turned to their dugout and, and was chirping them after he golfed a ball into the city field left field stands yeah well the Yankees still lost and and like I said John Carlo I was that was a surprise because John Carlo only I shouldn't have been surprised he only hits home runs or strikes out there's no there's no alternative so my mistake <laughs> uh yeah I mean it is it's nice that there's something going on right with baseball obviously 9-11 huge weekend the Mets got to wear the NYFD hats, which a couple years ago Manfred wouldn't let him do on 9-11. Famously, the Piazza wearing it uh, right after 9-11 and and all that stuff. So they they have that up New York coming together, all that stuff. They should have let the Mets wear the black uniforms. Now those things, throwback. Uh, Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I know that, I think the black uniform has some sort of significance to like home day games or something like that, or at least it used to. That's a good call. Um, and it sells more jerseys. But anyway. Um, Thank you. And bring, But, like, having baseball be relevant. You mentioned it. Football's back and, and in, in full swing. It was the first Sunday of the NFL. There was Sunday night football going on with the Bears and the Rams. And people want to see what's going on with the Rams and all that kind of stuff. And, I don't know, it brings eyes to baseball, at least when highlights are coming to concern. Obviously, baseball I love how you're trying to spin this. I love how you're trying to spin this, Jordy. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Yankees being hypocrites. Let's talk about... Well, I'm know, not trying Yankee to dive fans. into that. I'm trying to look in the eyes of 2021. Ah, see, look at you. See, look at you. I'm trying to look in the you eyes try, of 2021. You're, you're, trying to protect, you're trying to protect all these Yankee fan friends of yours and family <laughs> members of yours. Let's not, let's not gloss over it here, Jordy. I sat here and faced music with the Red Sox with the iPad. <laughs> you support your team no matter what. And I think, this... I think they are. No, but... they're not. They're, the silence, I haven't heard a... I heard a thing from Yankee fans. The silence, and they. Well, keep this is the first podcast up. I've done since before Labor Day. They so, keep, I mean, I'm on Twitter. I'm on. I'm on the social channels. They keep bringing up the the, the GD trash cans, but you know, it's funny. Yeah, 
we I'm just gonna get a I'm just gonna download a whistle noise on my phone every time a Yankee fan starts talking. I'm just gonna play that whistle thing. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get it ready for your December this December the thing the, the the December wedding. You know, it's just you're glossing over it and you're protecting the Yankees. And I get you your point of like oh it's relevant baseball's been quiet and blah blah blah. Cool. No, I, that's awesome. my point though is that it's like for general baseball fans for me being an outsider being a Phillies fan. It's, I was paying zero attention to what was happening over the weekend because the Phillies were in the middle of losing fucking three to, three or four to the fucking Rockies. And I guess they sacrificed it so that the Eagles could beat the shit out of the Atlanta Falcons. I almost called them the Hawks because they were doing that fucking four, three thing the Hawks did when the Falcons kicked a field goal. But we'll get to the Phillies in a minute. But I was <laughs> the point being, I was paying zero attention to baseball on Sunday. And the fact that I'm getting that on my phone as I'm watching football and granted, not a very good second half because the Rams really took care of the bears, but I'm getting this sort of stuff as I'm still watching football and I'm not changing over to ESPN, but I'm getting this information and having that to entertain me, I think is valuable. And the fact that baseball's so weird with its social media and the fact that we're able to get this info and get videos of it, you get the John boys who granted is a Yankee fan, but you get that you get other videos that people have kind of figured out ways of getting on Twitter and Instagram, I think it's really good because football had week one, college football had a great weekend and baseball is still showing that, Hey, we're still around. We have this heated race. All right, one of the teams. Secondary story. Sure. Jordy, that's the secondary story, but you're burying the lead here. You're burying the lead. That's the secondary story. The incident itself, you know, the Lindor and the Baez, I mean, okay. the, that combo, the two of them, that combo, I mean, when Baez got traded from the Cubs, He's a spark plug. Lindor's a spark plug. Lindor has been the the getting ripped on worse than Harper ever was by the fans of of, of the Mets because he hasn't lived up to his contract and blah 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 blah. You're saying goes, wait wait why drop the dragging Bryce Harper Harper into this? Goes out has a three home run night. Baez comes over. He start he says we're doing thumbs down because we're booing the fans because the fans boo us. So boo the Mets fans. I love it. Good for him. He's given them attitude right back. New York, New York tough, New York in their face. New Yorkers are Fairweather fans, and Baez gives it right back to him, and I love it. And good for Baez, good for Lindor, standing up for themselves. And then the Yankees come out here and try and cheat on the road on 9-11, trying to be a good thing for, for the city, trying to be a good thing to, for September 11th, you know, all that stuff. And what do the Yankees do? Go out and cheat and ruin it. And this is on 9-12. Another black stain, know. another black stain for baseball because of the Yankees. And again, <laughs> Baez and Lindor together is electric. I think that's got to be the story. And Giancarlo, you know, he's got he, he he has nothing really to say. He's a home runner strikeout. I mean, he's got what twelve home runs and he strikes out a million times. So what are we doing here? Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, you're the cool. Okay, I get what you're saying. The storylines, baseball's irrelevant, but this brings them into back in people's mindset. I get it. What you're saying, that's the second or third story. Give me your take on the Lindor calling the Yankees out in during the game, after the game, Baez booing the fans back. What do you got? I just said it. I love the the trash talk between the two. I haven't done too much digging into the. The whistling no, another, and what was uh, another what was fair weather Yankee fan. Another fair weather Yankee fan. You know, who, who you is know, these, these, you, 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 ugh, these people again? It's, I talked about this last night on the football show. Mom was getting married, was watching football, barely paid attention to baseball over the weekend. This 
is great that there's shit going on. As for the thumbs down stuff with Baez and Lindor, Lindor is stunk for most of this year. Baez has been even worse. There's the, as the Phillies fan seeing the fucking Joey Baez, Javi Baez, Joey Baez, what am I saying? Javi Baez swinging at a pitch that's like six feet in front of the plate. Love to see it. But the fact that they're standing up for themselves and booing the fans back, cool. Great. Good job. And then you're doing it around there. It becomes this thing that they have, the Mets fans and them can have and all that nonsense. You know, and you know, they had it with Mr. Met where Mr. Met flipped off, I think, like a little kid or maybe it was a fan. But there was the viral image of Mr. Met throwing the finger from down the tunnel. Um, I'm probably <laughs> making up that he did to a little kid because fuck the Mets. But, yeah, the Mets being in complete shambles, it just shows don't practice the fucking World Series celebration during spring training. Nothing good happens from that. They hey, fucked it up hey. when they came to Philly at the beginning of, of August. And the Phillies are going there this weekend. Phillies, who, not a good road team, but had a good road trip the last time they were on the road. And I might as well just dive right into the Phillies, because I keep alluding to it. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We haven't even got to the ALEs yet. We just talked about how the Yankees cheated and are hypocrites. And we have a half an hour, and we only have another half an hour to go. Let's get to the ALEs here. Here's my take, Jordy. The Toronto Blue Jays have gone on this surge in the last Yeah, we're burying the, the awesomeness that is... Uh, that is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Right. Toronto Blue Jays have gone on the surge for the last month and a half. And they, from the beginning, I said it in the preview pod, they are a complete team top to bottom. Their lineup, there's no holes in, on offense. Their pitching staff is good. Their bullpen is good. You know, everyone, you know, the Rays are the Rays, obviously, for this season. But Toronto has just been sitting in fourth place continuing to dominate and crush teams. They just took two out of three from Tampa this uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, maybe even sweep actually check on that. While I talk about the Blue Jays, please. Vlad Guerrero has always been there in the side, in the shine behind Shohei Otani. Everyone's been talking about Shohei, 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 Shohei cooled off end of the year. Didn't have the stamina to go through the whole season. Vlad has continued along. He was second under what are you the radar, talking about? Shohei Otani is still playing. I'm saying he hasn't. His numbers have dropped. He hasn't done as well. You know, Vlad has continued to rise. Continue to have good numbers, just like the Blue Jays. They're they're in the shadows, and all of a sudden, here they are. Here's this here's this playoff team. The Yankees aren't even can't even sniff the playoffs because the Blue Jays are so hot right now. Uh, they're a scary team. I've said it for years, Jordy. What's the one thing I've always said about Toronto? That it's a hard place to play. The Yankees and Red Sox cannot win on the road in Toronto. No one can win on the road in Toronto. For whatever reason, a one-game playoff in Toronto scares the daylights out of me for this wild card game. Now let's move on. The Rays are unbelievable, just like we all know. The Red Sox, Jordy, I said it from the beginning. Everyone in Boston going into the year said this team's going to stink. They're whatever. Guess what? Good coaching proves you can take an average team and make them elite the red sox have a great plug and play with covid they have covid scare they've had a crazy couple weeks couple months because of covid players in and out of the lineup and they've maintained the playoff they're they're still in the playoff hunt sure they're not in the lead anymore but that's because their pitching is garbage they're pitching garbage all year but if you have a good coaching staff you have a good have a good leadership in the clubhouse right unlike a certain team in another east division guess what 
you can elevate a team, you can make them better, you can take average players and make them better, just like a certain manager in the NL West does with his team. Okay. The Red Sox, Alex Cora, overperforming, Yankees underperforming, Tampa doing Tampa, Toronto doing what I thought Toronto or you thought Toronto was going to do. We probably thought third place, but still thought them in the playoffs. Uh, you know, the only surprise is the Yankees. And you can't really say they're underperformed because they have 81 wins in the year. Yeah, Quick so, recap of it, Jordy. So Toronto, Toronto's lost two games in September, and they went on this road trip where they swept the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, took Easy. three of four from the, from the terrible Baltimore Orioles, um, have now just won two of three in Canada against the, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they I'm won 6-3 earlier today, Wednesday. Uh, day I'm off, and now their remaining schedule is they play the Twins seven times. The Twins who let up runs like nobody's business. Uh, expect a lot of runs there. They go to Tampa somewhere in there. They host the Yankees, and then to close out the season, they host the Baltimore Orioles. So it's quite possible they could have a home game in Canada, which would be actually kind of cool because Canada got kind of screwed with a lot of fans in, in attendance. You Do you want me to do the Shohei defense now, or do you want me to talk about that and at, uh, when we get to the AL West? I mean, it's not really defense. Vlad has Vlad has continued to and out now taken the MVP from Shohei. It was a no, lot. No, he hasn't. You locked. You no, he hasn't. You locked Shohei as the MVP at the All Star break, and now Vlad is ahead of him. More, how? All right, let's go Explain to how. Let's go to the Central. Let's go to the Central. Let's go to the. No, Central. no, no, we're gonna go NL East because we want to. I want to do both teams. I want to complain about the Phillies okay. now and not stuff it in at the end. Um, okay. The East, the Braves now have a four and a half run uh, game lead. They've had it for like a week and a half, seemingly. A week yeah, what's and going half. on here? This this division was close. You about asked a week me and a half ago. You asked me. <laughs> hold on. You asked me at the All Star break. When it was the Mets, the actually no, it wasn't even then. After the Phillies swept the Mets, that did I feel comfortable with the Phillies in first place? And I said no, because the Braves are right fucking there, and they are always. It might have even been when the Braves were in third, the Phillies were in second, the Mets were still in first. Like somewhere in in late July or early August, you asked me about mm-hmm. the Mets and everything. I said I don't worry about the Mets because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think I called that the Phillies would take care of their sorry asses in Philadelphia, and they did. Mm-hmm. Swept mm-hmm. them out of town. Mm-hmm. I said the Braves, despite Acuna going down, were mm-hmm. they did this is right after the trade deadline. This is exactly what happened. I said they still made moves. They said we're not going away. We're still doing this, and they are right in the rearview mirror. They always are, and they are going to continue to be right there. They are the devil that you don't want anywhere near you, and that's. Ex- Exactly what they did. They had an incredible month of August. They were one of the hottest teams in baseball. They're now 76 and 67 in a division that looked like it was going to be like the NFC East last year, where it was a fucking under 500 team getting in there, where the Braves, Phillies, and Mets were fucking spinning around around 500 at the end of July. The Braves are now nine games above 500. They have a better record than the both wildcard teams. They have a better record than the Padres, who a lot of people thought would do what the San Francisco Giants are doing right now. They're getting me. better and better and better. Well, all props to you. They have, <laughs> they've scored 699 runs, which is third best in the national or fourth best. Cincinnati scored 700 runs as well, but they, uh, but they continue to do incredible things. They get great pitching day in, day out. They just, at times 
have these kind of weird stretches where they, you know, maybe lose a series here and there. That's why the Phillies were able to get to one and a half games a week and a half ago. And then the Phillies flounder, flounder their chances. Jumping right into the Phillies, they, I mentioned it, went on a road trip to start the month of September. They had an incredible run where, once again, like at the beginning of August, their offense was on fire. They set a franchise record for for games with seven runs in a row. And they end up, they should have won the series in Milwaukee. They lose it, but they still have an above 500 road trip. Five and four, should have been six and three. They come home, Greg, last week to host the Colorado Rockies. The Rockies, who are 22 and 51 on the road, they're in Atlanta right now. The game, I believe, is tied two to two. Uh, yeah, two to two at the end of the fifth inning. And the Rockies won last night in Atlanta. They took three of four. I mentioned it before. Three of four from the Phillies, who all they can fucking do is win home games. They're 40 and 32. They're going to more likely, hopefully, more likely than not, have a above 500 home record, although the Phillies in September, not very good. They lose three <laughs> of four to the fucking Rockies. Then they lost last night to the Cubs in an embarrassing fashion. The Cubs, who have all but given up, not a very good home, uh, away team, still a pretty good home team. Um, and we can talk about their emotional weekend in a minute. But they're up currently 4-2 to two in the eighth inning. But who the fuck knows at this point? Because their bullpen is still abysmal. Ian Kennedy has full Phillies bullpen-itis. We've talked about it a bunch on this, that he just can't seem to figure it out. And he lets up a ton of home runs. And, I mean, everybody on this fucking team lets up a ton of home runs. But the pitching you is, at times, good. But at times, it's just frustrating. Kyle Gibson is, like, one start, he's great. He goes five innings. And then, like, the sixth inning, shaky. Or he just gets fucking shelled out the gate. Zach Wheeler, Zach Wheeler, he's doing great things. Aaron Nola is terrible in September. He has been for the last few years. And then Ranger Suarez has actually had a few good starts, including tonight. Um, he had a good start Thursday night where Ian Kennedy fucking blew it. And the Phillies, dumb base running, one of the worst base running teams, I feel like, in baseball. I feel like I'm. there's probably a statistic that proves that wrong. I just watch the Phillies a lot and see them make stupid base running errors. Whether it was Odubel Herrera making the first out at third base, which, Greg, what are you not supposed to do at third base? Make the first or third out. Exactly. And they end up losing by a fucking run. And that would have been the difference because I believe it was Gene Segura who brought him to third base. Ended up coming around to score because Bryce Harper got him on base. Bryce Harper, you said something about people turning on Bryce Harper. No one's turned on Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper has lived up to his contract, Greg. He's hit 30 home runs now in both 162-game seasons he's played in. He hit 15 home runs last year in 50-something games. So you do the math. If he plays a full healthy season, that's over 30 home runs. He had the second highest RBIs of his career in 2018. He probably won't eclipse 100 now because the rest of the Phillies offense is not very good around him. And he, Greg, has 31 home runs. Maybe he has 32 now. But, like, I think all but five of them are solo shots. Again, I repeat that. It's like 25 or so solo shots of 31 home runs. Because no one else can get on around him. JT Romuto has been in and out of the lineup. And when in, when he's in the lineup, he's been a little cold. He does have an RBI hit tonight, so good for him. Reese Hoskins done for the year, which sucks. He was a big corner piece of the offense being really good. And then the other guys around him at times look really good. At times are ice cold. And it's super frustrating. There's a, a point now. They're three and a half out in the wild card. And maybe you can be excited that they 
have an opportunity to do that. They've never experienced any sort of wild card mania because they haven't made the playoffs since the wild card game existed. And yeah, before that, luck. you can get you can get curb stomped in a one game playoff by the Dodgers. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. You're going to play the fucking Dodgers. So why why the fuck do you need to look at it or the Giants? and make it just another fucking kick in the pants that Cape Kapler's their fucking, their fucking yes. manager, and he's going to yes. knock him out of the playoffs. Uh, I was waiting for this. Oh, I, I God. Like a, it's was, just like, like a... Gave the babe so bad. We'll talk about it in a uh, little bit. But, like, uh, the Phillies now, they there's this whole strength of schedule thing that they play all these shitty teams, but it doesn't fucking matter if you don't do well against them. And it's terrible to watch this glacial offense that at times breaks out it looks like an avalanche of just score, 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 score. And when they're not, it's just painful because it's Bryce Harper who has an 11-game hitting streak and the Phillies are 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. Explain that shit to me. 11 games including tonight. So if they win tonight, they're 4-7 and seven over that span. Explain that. It's, uh, it's just it's frustrating to watch. I love the Phillies. And I love watching them. Really aside from last weekend where, again, mom got married Saturday. Eagles played Sunday and it was football and red zone and all that fun shit. It's just a, a wild time to be a Philadelphia Phillies fan, Greg. Hey, congrats to your mom. Um, so real quick, what's the bigger surprise? The um, Phillies in second place or the Marlins not in last? Um, That's actually a really good question. I think I'd say the Phillies in second. Because the Mets, we all thought, would be a lot better. But the Mets have had a lot of injuries. Obviously, DeGrom is the big one. Like, you don't want to expect that kind of thing. And I guess, to that degree, you could say the same thing about the Marlins of the Nationals traded away Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. And Max Scherzer, you see how good he is with the Dodgers. He but was, no one knew that they were going to do that, right? So Exactly. So I there's, like, two going... things we didn't know of, like, DeGrom being hurt and then the Nationals just selling. I mean, the, the some people at the Phillies finishing fourth in this division. Uh, was I one of those people? I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm just saying, like, going I think I might year, have been one of those people. I feel like going into the year, it was Braves, Mets, or it was Mets, Braves, Nationals, Phillies. Like, I feel like Yeah, were... Nationals were definitely third, I think, in a consensus. I and can't I remember like if the... I if I went homer and said the Phillies third. I think I, fe- I think I said fourth, conservatively. I feel like people had the Phillies, like, near the bottom. So, again, even to be in that position, like you said, maybe they're outperforming, but, like, I mean, the Marlins not in last, I think, is huge. Granted, like you said, the Nationals traded everyone away, but we got to move on. Yeah, um, well, let's keep it moving. Um, yeah, so the Central Division, we mentioned a little bit the uh, the wild card has gotten exciting, and a lot of that's because the, the Cardinals well, have turned it on in the second half. Or we're, we're just skipping over the AL Central. You want to go back to the AL? Okay. I mean, well, there's not a lot up, to talk about. Up. Snip, snap, snip, snap. I just saw the White Sox firsthand of the Red Sox playing them. Yeah, the White Sox uh, are really good. Weekend. And it's like one of those things of like, we I mean, we did this when the Indians were really good. Of like, the Indians were super good, but their division sucked. But the White Sox are really good, and their division sucks. So, you know, I mean, I don't, know if their division, I don't know if their division sucks. They, their second and third place teams would be right there in the hunt in the, in the NL East. Let's not, let's not get carried away with sucks. I mean, they're in the NL I East. Just, they'd be fucking, they'd be first and second, but... The White Sox First, have no. no they'd the be, they're Sox, under five hundred. They'd be behind the Mets. The, the Indians Sox, would be. The White Sox have speed in their lineup. They have power in their lineup, and they have pitching to back it up. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, I was worried about the Astros, and I thought the Astros were the most complete team in in the, in the American League. 
But this White Sox team might be the real deal, James Neal. I mean, I, I've been saying that all year. Yeah, you I have. I haven't, awesome. I, I haven't listened to you because it's the White Sox and they've only, they're, you know, whatever. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like. I think there's two open. things. My eyes were open. Their, their lineup their is uniforms. really good. But A. I hate their uniforms. Why? Because they're pinstripes, but they're black? No, they're road uniforms. Like the, it's just they're road uniforms. Oh, the old, the old school ones. Yeah. Um, there's two things with them that's really good. They have a really good starting rotation that they can move someone yeah. that's really good to be that like long term relief that we saw the Nationals use so well in their World Series run. But the other mm. thing that's so impressive is that they've had guys who have had fairly decent years, like an Evan Marshall, um, and like you know, list out and a bunch of other players. Evan Marshall just pops up because I tried to pick him up in fantasy and he immediately got hurt. Guy that was like a middle relief get got some holds didn't work out for my roto league, but like they have they continuously and granted they added Kimbrel at the the trade deadline and they just continuously have these pieces and like kind of a next man up mentality in this bullpen that I think is huge and it, it that continues to round into form as you're going into the playoffs. They have Giolito, they have Rodone, they have Lance Lynn who's having an awesome year. Um, and I don't know. It's you're right. They're dangerous to look at, and it feels like we're just like kind of shoehorning in, saying they have a really good offense. Because what are we going to do? Just list off every good player and the thousand different ways they can kill you. And the fact that all they've done in the last couple months is get healthy. Luis Robert coming back. He's been a longtime prospect for him that you know people have been pretty excited about, and is very good. Um, and you know, c- continue to just list off guys that have started to, to get healthy for them. And I don't know, you're, you're looking at it and I don't know. It's, it's something to be excited about. If you're a white Sox fan of, you kind of had the whole, you traded Fernando Tatis jr. For James Shields and blah, 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 all this different stuff. But now it's kind of coming back to the other way and you got to feel pretty excited about it. Yeah. And like realistically, none of their starters have really not gone wood got hurt all year. Yeah, no, that's right. a really good like, point. They've been Rod- he- they've been very healthy pi- right. in starting pitching territory. Rodon, Lynn, Keuchel, Cease, Giolito. Yeah, I didn't even mention Keuchel or Giolito. They're fucking good. I mean, I mean, I mean that Keuchel has the highest ERA. Like that. Yeah. Lynn and Rodon. Which I would have unknown. I would have said if you like put a gun to my head and say which one's going to have the highest ERA, I would have said Keuchel, but I wouldn't have thought he'd be this good. He was he yeah, was pretty good I mean, last year, but like. You know, there's I mean, been some ups and downs with them. This team is just complete, man. And like I said, they're fast. Like, they have some fast guys up and down in terms of running the bases. They don't – I mean, they make some mistakes, but, like, sheesh. Uh, it was impressive. I mean, Abreu, Grandal, Moncada, former Red Sox, Moncada, uh, Moncada, that's what they gave up for. Is that the Chris Sale trade? Uh, no, it might have been uh, Might have been before. It might have been Sale, but it also might have been before. Oh. oh, I got someone else. Mm. Oh, it'll come to me. Yeah, it was either Sale or it was because Mikado was their number one prospect forever. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, he was huge. Anyway, and then obviously uh, now we have the baby. But Greg, Greg, but... I interrupt this broadcast to uh, tell you something that you probably would have known. You want to know what happened? Can Bring you guess? A Yankee fan. No, the Phillies blew the lead. It's 4-4. Ooh, ooh. Fucking Jose Alvarado. 
who's actually been good this year, fucking blew it. God damn it. This fucking team. Uh, continue to talk about the White Sox while I pout. Uh, I mean, this 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 team, like I said, is just built for power. I mean, they just they have power in the middle of the lineup. They have speed. I mean, I... I I was my eyes were opened, and and I feel like I owe you a, an apology or credit or what have you. Um, I want to get through this because I really want to get to the Guerrero Otani debate. So nationally central, Jordy, the Brewers are they as complete as the White Sox? I guess that should be the argument. The Cardinals are now in a play or wild card. The Reds are in a wild card. This is this division was a stinker all of two weeks ago when we, or three weeks ago when we last talked. Now, all of a sudden, they got two potential wildcard teams, again, to get curb stomped by the Dodgers or Giants in, in the playing game. But at least they, they're in the dance. I mean, what do you think is going on here? Is the Central – is this going to be one of the best races coming down to the wire, or is the NL West still going to be the race to watch? Um, I mean, the not the divisional race, but the wild card chase is going to be just as good as the Dodgers versus the Giants. But – yeah, to answer your question about the Brewers, their pitching staff isn't going away. It, it's something that I kind of thought wasn't going to remain that good, frankly. Um, and they do. They stay really good, whether it's Woodruff, Bernays, Peralta, uh, all sub-3 ERAs. and sub- no-hitter the other day. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, you know, a, a team that has, again, that 1-2-3 rotation that is at least good for a DS and probably can get you through a CS and seeing – do you throw Hauser into the into the bullpen? He's had a couple bullpen uh, appearances this year. Um, do you do that with Brett Anderson, who has a higher ERA, but maybe in shorter uses could be pretty solid for you? And then you have guys that are pretty good on that back end. Obviously, Josh Hader being the the guy, and same with uh, Boxberger, Devin Williams, the rookie rookie of the year last year. Mentioned it with the Phillies last week of getting to see him pitch against the Phillies and getting to see him pitch in, in person because I got to see him in, in San Francisco. Um, just really good and watching his stuff is, is pretty awesome to see. So just that pretty sweet setup of having a really good rotation and a, and a pretty solid bullpen that can get you through probably a round in the playoffs. It's, it's kind of crazy cause they'll end up having to face the Braves and we can have that debate a little closer to the time of who has where. And the one thing I'd say is offensively, it's not what the the White Sox have of a team that hits for average and for power. They score a lot of runs, but they're a middle-of-the-road home run team. They get on base a lot. They have a really good on-base percentage. They walk a ton. And, you know, sometimes that's all you need to do is just manufacture runs that way that we've seen the Rays do for however many years. Um, so I'd be – that's maybe the only real concern that I'd throw out there. They've had some guys miss a ton of time with injuries, and they've started to get – a little healthier here and there, and that certainly helps. But um, who, 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 who would you say is the star of this team? I mean, it's supposed to be Christian Yelich, but he I he, know, but he missed time. He has a little bit, you know, he's had kind of a, a kind of a down year. You know, uh, he doesn't have ten home runs. He's played I'm over a hundred games now. Um, I mean, you probably say Garcia, right? Twenty-seven homers, eighty-two ribbies. I have a, I have a hot take. I have a hot take. Did you say Jackie Bradley Jr.? No, but I was gonna I was gonna mention him later on. But Eduardo I would say, Escobar, I, I guess. Would say, I would say you could guess, but think of the namesake. Think of the namesake of the of, of this 
podcast. Josh Hader, are you going to say bullpen guy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he. Uh, I thought you were asking about a, a offensive guy when you asked who's the star of the I mean, team. I mean, the star of the team, Clayton Kershaw, he was the star of the team forever. Okay. Max okay. Scherzer was the star of the team forever. Fine. Chris Sales could be well, I, maybe I gotcha. Xander Bogarts. I gotcha. I, gotcha. I mean, do you? I mean, my point, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Jackie Bradley Jr. goes there, and all of a sudden this team elevates to one of the best pitching staffs because he eats, eats balls, takes away hits like nobody's business. But anyway – we digress and move on. And the AL West, the Astros, I've said it. This is my white, you white, so I suck. That's the Astros. This team has been legit all year. The Athletics and the Marlins, it was cute. They're trying to keep up with the AL East in terms of making the wild card, falling hard off a cliff in the last three or four weeks, three weeks, I should say, those two teams in terms of making the wild card. But the Astros, getting healthy at the right time, starting to be – I mean, they were complete before, starting to fully be that complete team again. They got the shake-off with the, the trash can shake-off because the Yankees cheated too now. I mean, where where is the flaw? In the Astros? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if we're going off of it, right, we're, ta- we're, talking, we're talking about Astros – and White Sox in round one, right? Yeah, because the Rays have the Rays have the best record in, in the American League. Um, I mean, Keuchel's return to Scott, if Keuchel's even the starter, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess I guess you could argue that their starting pitching isn't as good as it was when they won, right? You could you could make that argument that they're they're starting pitching they don't have what they had, but they still have Granky, they still have McCluster. Well, I was about to say like it's not that much worse. They have right. a number of guys that have. Very good numbers. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, they're still there, but. Yeah. Um, I guess if you're going to look at a flaw, I guess. Uh, geez, that's a, that's a tall order to say. I guess the fact that you're, I don't know, that you're kind of eh on the road for a team that's 24 games above 500. And that's like, that's a real stretch of a take because they're above 500 on the road. It's not like they have night and day kind of thing. I mean, they have a 185 run differential, and they're, you know, just kind of at this point in autopilot. So they're, you know, yeah. I don't know, like. And both both the White Sox and Astros staff give it the same amount of runs, so like, you know, you're kind of there. And then it's it's offense versus offense, and the Astros they have speed, they have power, just like the White Sox. So you know, that's that's. It's gonna uh, be a really fun series. It's it's, it's gonna be entertaining. I I mean, I think it comes down to who has home field. I know as as chalky of a statement as that is, I guess like the, I don't know. I, I really can't think of a good, well, they didn't do this. Like they lost a series over Labor Day in, in San Diego. The Astros did. So we had a, we got to punish them for that. Like, no, that's a stupid idea. Like, Hey, where, where does Korea end up as a free agent? This off season? That's a really good question. Um, the, ooh, I don't know who need. We'll come back to that. That's a that's a really good question, though. Um, I've heard rumors. Okay, we can address that in the off season. But um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, regardless, anything about the anything about the West besides the Astros? No, I you made a really good. You you talked about it with the A's and the the Mariners. Mariners who are now hosting the All Star Game in two years. That officially got announced. Um, yeah, two teams that I guess you know they're not totally out of it. I guess they're you know seventy seven and sixty seven. That's uh, three and a half 
out of the Yankees is the uh, Yankees who are not in the playoffs. Who are not in the playoffs? Yeah, they're half game out, so they're four games beyond the Red. Four games, yeah, four games beyond the Red Sox. Um, so yeah, yeah, but you know, so it's not an insurmountable deficit that you can try to have if you're either of those teams. But you know, you're playing in the West. They're playing. I believe one of them plays the Astros a ton. Um, yeah, the, uh, do the, I think the A's do. Yeah. The A's play the Astros twice. So maybe they get lucky that the Astros are kind of just hanging out there and maybe they have a hot finish, but there's so much, like there's so many teams ahead of you at this point that four games, it's not insurmountable, but it's also, you need a lot of other shit to happen, especially when you're playing a lot of games in the, the AL West and trying to figure that out. Um, you did want to have the Otani Vlad, uh, yeah, Otani versus Vlad discussion for AL MVP. Um, give me your side because you said Otani's numbers have let up like barely. They've gone down a little bit. The guy has an incredible starting pitching record and is still a starting pitcher that anybody would want to have and has an ass ton of right, home let's runs. Get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Ready? Okay. Tell who me. Is a be- who, is a better, who has a better batting average by a large margin? Yeah, it's it's Guerrero, but what's who has Guerrero? More home who has more home runs? It's Guerrero right now. Who has who has more RBIs? It's Guerrero by literally a run, and RBIs. Okay, it's, okay, okay. Or a okay. Home who, run. Has, who, who has less strikeouts? Um, it's okay. Yeah, who has a better who has a better on base by a lot? By a lot. Who, who who has a better on base percentage? Um, it's Guerrero by a lot. By who has a better points. slugging? Who has a better slugging? Guerrero by two points. Okay, on, who is a better who is a better OPS? Yeah, Guerrero because his on base percentage is okay, better. Okay, who is who who is a better your favorite set? Who is a better WAR? Uh, I don't have that in front of me. Yahoo does. Guerrero, Guerrero is a better WAR. So but here's here, here's exactly this is, it goes back to Tread argument. This bull, the WAR is a bullshit set. But here's the point: Guerrero in every single category, every single except for pitching. Category, Every Otani has a nine and two record category. with a shitty Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California of America, which Every America North America, and he has a three point three ERA, a one point one two WHIP, and an opponent's batting average of two eleven. He has on the verge of the triple crown, bud. Yeah, he's he's six RBIs behind Salvador Perez, and he's now tied for on base percentage, which is an interesting conversation. My softball chat had this about. That Guerrero could win the Triple Crown and not win MVP because he doesn't have the other side of the equation that Otani has. What Otani does on both sides of the ball is fucking insane. Okay. That can't but be discounted. But you're talking about most valuable player, right? Exactly. Okay. Most, most valuable, valuable player. player. Most valuable player. Okay, Jordy. You're talking about a team that's 70 and 74. You're talking about a team that. He's not even, quote-unquote, the best player on his team, according to you and every other pundit out there, except for me. Because Mike Trout's hurt right now, but he's the most valuable piece to it. Number, the second letter, the second letter, Uh, valuable. He does it all. He does everything. He pitches. Who's the most most valuable player on on the Pittsburgh Pirates? You could argue that that's the most valuable player. Oh, he's the most valuable player. Bullshit. If he was... Shit, Jordy. The team has to be good. Your team has to be good. It's like LeBron, right? It's like, it's like, it's like LeBron. Everyone's out here. The same argument LeBron, every year. This fucking LeBron, LeBron stat. It's, it's LeBron. It's Tom Brady. It's all these people. Oh, 
Aaron Rodgers. They put up ridiculous numbers every year. So now all of a sudden that's just average for them, right? It's the same thing with Otani, right? He's expected to do well in terms of pitching and hitting and ball. That's his game, right? That's his game. But but the crazy his, thing is that he hadn't who, done it. But who but who who has is better across the board in every statistical category? He has better stats. Yes. Whom, answer my question. Whom whom's name? To whom's name did you answer when I asked you who is better? Yeah, you know what statistic you didn't ask category. me about? You didn't ask me about doubles. Who has more doubles? Otani. Who has more stolen what? bases? Otani. Like, he does other shit that, that Guerrero doesn't oh, do. So, so, so two out of 50 categories, hitting-wise, Otani's better. Okay. Okay. And no, regardless, the fact that he, he does both pitching, hitting, that is undeniable value that he adds to his team so much more so encompassing than any other player in baseball except for like a couple that try to do that kind of thing it is insurmountable of what he's done to the degree of value to his team the second letter value first most he has so much more than any other player. I, do, I, I agree with you disagree. that, that Guerrero, you, you Guerrero is throwing has, the Toronto Blue Jays on his back yes, as he's golfing balls. He's the most valuable player on the team. Come on, he's, he's the most valuable player on his team, hands down, second to none. It's the same argument. But again, you're talking about one team who's actually going to make the playoffs and one team who... Ryan Howard won MVP playoffs. for the Phillies when the when the Cardinals won the World Series and Albert Pujols one team that, one team had just as good stats. One team that came to smell the playoffs. Get out but of that's here. the 2006 this Phillies. They were this like they were like seven Everyone, games behind the Dodgers for the 06 wild card, and the and the Cardinals literally won their division and won the World Series. And Pulhos had comparable numbers to Ryan Howard, and Ryan Howard won the and won MVP despite Pulhos leading a team to the World Series. The same. Uh, the, so but the, the, the playoffs here's argument is bullshit. Here's, here's, here's the difference, Jordy. Here's the difference. If we go back, I bet you Pulhos' numbers are worse than than Howard. But here's the difference. Otani's numbers are worse than Guerrero. So Otani can't win MVP. Baseball is a numbers game, correct? You can't win MVP if your numbers are not as good as the guy in front of you. Barely not as good. What do you mean barely? There's a huge difference. 317 versus 257? Please. What are you talking about? There's a huge difference. He has one less home run. His slugging percentage is just as good. He has more doubles. He has more stolen bases. Please. The on-base percentage sucks compared to it. Come on. Get out of here. You're just, you're just, you're just, you're just arguing to argue because he can pitch and he can. I mean, are we talking? Let's let's get guys who have the most outfield assists. Let's get guys who who run down balls and take away doubles. If we're gonna go off of who's, yeah, who's look at fucking look at Felix Hernandez winning the Cy Young. But you're looking at this shit. Look at look at Felix winning the Cy Young when he did that. He didn't have as good of stats as I forget who else was good that year. Uh... 2011, um, so Verlander. I don't know. I don't remember. But he didn't have as good of stats, and he still fucking won. You're out here again. Why did he win? Because he made the playoffs, Jordy. You're out here. You're out here trying. I am to almost positive that. the 2011 Seattle Mariners did not make the playoffs. You're out here, regardless. You're out here trying to say that a, a guy who who does it all. He literally does it worse. all. He is good at both back. at both pitching and hitting. He is that fucking good. That's the point. Jordy, Brock Holt, Brock Holt hit a cycle in the World Series. Ever heard of him? Yes. He he also has pitched twice this year. He's given up zero runs when he pitched. 
Oh, yeah, can twice. He do it all? oh, he can do it all. Oh, he can do it all. Should we give him the MVP? Should we give him the MVP because he can pitch? Everybody, everybody, I bet you Vlad Guerrero can throw and pitch too. Get out of here. He does it all. Please, his numbers are not as good as Guerrero. Guerrero's Shohei Otani's pitched 115 innings this year. His, his Vladimir Guerrero. Guerrero. His numbers are not Mike. as good as Guerrero. His, 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 his offensive numbers, his war, all this shit, everything added together, he's, his things are not as good as Guerrero. <laughs> Get out of here. The fact, Get out I mean, of here. It, it, we're just going to agree to disagree, but because at the end of the day. Do, you wanna, let, do we need a mayor's bet? Do we need something of who wins MVP? You're, you're, talk, you're talking about a guy who, who, I mean, at the, at the end of this month, when the month's over, full body of work, full season, 100%. It is today. It's Guerrero. It was Guerrero at the All-Star break. It's Guerrero today. Guerrero at the end of the month. Get Guerrero out of here. When, Get when, out of here with when, that. When the Blue Jays are the second wild card team and come to Fenway for a playoff game, it's Guerrero. It's Guerrero and Otani sitting back in Japan or, or wherever he goes in the offseason playing. playing. His numbers have fallen off. He's golf, one home run behind fucking Vladdy. Playing you fish idiot. or fishing or doing anything. You know, when 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 Otani and Trout are don't are make fun of somebody's offseason routine. When Otani, when Otani and Trout are going to Eagles games because they can't make the playoffs at once in their career, Guerrero's going to be out there in a wild card game, cheering his team on, doing the home run little jacket they got going on or whatever that that shit is. National League West, Jordy, Giants, Dodgers, race for first, two and a half game difference right now, two game in the win column, three game in the loss column. One is nine and one in the last ten. One is seven and three in the last ten. The Padres are fighting for the wild card. Rockies, Diamondbacks, afterthought. Where where does this division end up? Do the, do the Pirates make it? Or sorry, do the Padres make it? Do the Dodgers win? Do the Giants win? What do we got? So let's start with the the Padres because we didn't really talk about the the wild card a ton. We kind of barely glossed over St. Louis and, and Cincinnati, who both of whom St. Louis I had left for dead. Um, so let's quickly back up to them of the team that's about to sweep the Mets. Um, they've had a pretty okay September. They split a series with the Dodgers. They took two or three from the Reds, which is really good. Um, really can't touch the Brewers. It seems they don't play very well against them, but, um, yeah, they, they play, you know, some of the middling teams in their division. They play the Padres this weekend, which is actually huge. St. Louis does, uh, as for, San Diego, what do you, what do you want me to go back to the West? We didn't really talk about the wild card picture, so I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. You can talk about the wild card, but you know who has, you know who has the best pitching war in all of baseball? Who? Zach Wheeler. Yeah, Zach Wheeler has had a great year. He's certainly in the conversation for Cy Young. I said he was very good. He's going to be Zach Wheeler. You you know who's nowhere near? Oh my God! Get out of here! Number. Get out of here! Mr. War. Mr. War himself doesn't want to hear it. Get Mr. out War of here. Doesn't want to hear it. Mr. He War does both. He does uh, the both at an elite level. Elite level, sir. Also, I keep seeing my uh, levels look like they're pinning. So for all the listeners, if I'm hurting your ears or if I'm really distorted, I apologize. Blame Greg for his crazy fucking take. Anyway. No crazy take. Go, go Google, Google it right now. You'll find it. It's not a crazy take. There are people out there saying the same thing as me. Go on Twitter. Fucking shit. Fingers. The Phillies, JT Romito, after earlier today, I said he's, 
His offense is so slow. He hit a home run in the bottom of the eighth inning, and then they just fucking blew the lead again. God damn it. Now I'm angry because you make me all mad about this stupid Shohei versus Vladdy Jr. I'm sorry Jr. that you're wrong. I'm sorry you came down on the wrong side of history. One. Two, Sir Anthony Domingo should be in the game closing the games. We established that two seasons ago. And three, he's had a funky... three the, only, the only reason why the Cardinals are even in this position to, to get curbs on by the Dodgers in the first uh, in, in the wildcard game, I got to stop saying that. I said curbs not too much, but it's because the Reds are three and seven in the last 10, the Padres are three and seven in the last 10, the Phillies are three and seven the in the last 10. The first batter, too. God fucking Mets, damn it. The Mets are four and six oh, in the last 10. God. I mean, no one wants to make no one wants to make the oh, wild card. Oh, no. <laughs> no one wants to make the wild card. Oh, my God. We're on, like, two different pages right now. Anyway, <laughs> the back to the... Playing, the Cardinals are playing 500 ball, and everyone else is just playing sub-500, and that's the reason why the Cardinals have... I mean, they've won four in a row, but... They're just playing five. They had a really good run. They they had a really good run in the middle of August. The Cardinals did, Uh, but they couldn't take. They can't take care of the Brewers. I think kind of back to your Brewers point. They just nobody seemingly can. They've lost how many consecutive series is against Milwaukee, Um, and then they beat up on the Padres or the the, the, on the the Pirates. The Cardinals are the only reason why. I mean, they're playing five hundred, but the Reds, the Padres, and the Phillies, and even the Mets are terrible in the last. Well, the Reds have. I mean, the Reds have cooled off. To kind of continue on it, Reds have really, like, they were really good for a while. They were right there in the, the central race. And they... Five-game losing streak. Yeah, they're, they're they're in a really bad spot. They're losing... Cur- they've currently lost the series to the, to the Pirates. They haven't won a series in September yet. They lost a series to the Detroit Tigers and the Chicago Cubs, who the Tigers weren't trying to be competitive this year, and the Cubs have stunk since... Uh, well, actually, they've been a little hotter as of recent. But they've have not been good since the trade deadline. Um, but yeah, the the Reds had kind of this up and down month of August and all this crazy shit. Uh, but but San Diego to get back to the NL West, a team that I don't know they're they're ice cold. You just mentioned it five five losses in a row. They've only won three games in September. They just started out in San Francisco in this four game series that you know this should have been there opportunity to say hey we're supposed to be this really good team let's let's show it here and i guess the only thing you can really say for them is like they're gonna face the they have this homestand and they might be able to to play some good ball but great they literally play this is the third of 10 games that they play the giants in to close out the season between september 13th two days ago and october 3rd they play them 10 times. It's nuts in three weeks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, at this point, they really just have to keep treading water to try to get themselves back into this. Again, that series against the, the Cardinals becomes so important to them in this in this chase to try to make it into the playoffs. It seemed like it was theirs, basically theirs and the Dodgers, to see who was going to have home field. And then they just really couldn't figure it out. I mean... You can't even say like, oh, they missed so many games because of injury and all this stuff at, at this point anymore. And I know they still have a ton of hurt guys, but like, I don't know, did it finally catch up to them? Because they were playing good baseball when they still had a ton of missed games earlier in the year. And now it's finally caught up to them. I don't know. It's it's kind of crazy to think about. I, this, this, I feel like this wildcard race is going to be interesting to say the least. I think, well, that's a terrible take. In a, in a lame a lame thing after after the key discussion we've had the last 20 minutes but i feel like 
I'm going to say something here, and in two weeks, it's going to be completely different. Versus the American League, it, it really is going to come down to Toronto, New York, and, and Boston. I feel like Oakland and Seattle have played themselves out of it now. New York isn't really in it, so it's really going to be the Red Sox and, and the Blue Jays. But this this National League could go any direction. The, the Phillies could turn around and get hot. The Cardinals, like you said, they're in it now. They could jump, leapfrog the Padres, or, or continue to hold the lead, and the Padres just won't catch them. The Reds, you said they're sputtering and turned around, blah, 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 but you know, who knows? You know, They, they have a really good offense, head. and their pitching should yeah. be better, so they could turn yeah, around. They have the pitching to, to turn around. Their offense is good, like you mentioned. The Cardinals just don't score enough, right? Yeah. They don't score enough to be a playoff team that anyone wants to watch. I mean, you're talking 500 runs. That's like even the Orioles have scored more. So uh, the Reds have this 10 game uh, homestand. So they finish up in Pittsburgh tomorrow afternoon, Thursday afternoon. Then they have this 10 game homestand where they play the Dodgers for three games. So they can like get through that, win one game, maybe win two games, who knows? And then they play the pirates in the, in the nationals. So you gotta, you gotta hope granted they have not won a, again, have not won a series in the month of September, but you got to hope they take it. They take care of that. Although we're seeing the Phillies not take care of it, but you you got to think it's Cincinnati's to lose in terms of wild card two, and then see what happens with the Cardinals. Um, the Padres, I just don't know at this point. They play again. They play the Giants so much that you got to be concerned about that if you're a Padres fan. Like they play the Braves too this weekend, like or next weekend, excuse me. But yeah. I don't know. You, at this point, you got to just like, I don't know, throw up a prayer and see what happens. They play some really good teams, all playoff teams to close out the season, actually, uh, or at least currently, because they play the Cardinals this weekend. But they play the they play the Giants ten times or eight more times technically. They play at, in L.A. against the Dodgers right before they go back to San Francisco to close the season, and they host the Braves. So they're playing all playoff teams. They're on the outside looking in right now and. They're, it's going to be a really hard way to get back in it, and they're only a half a game out of this. So give me right now who makes it after the Dodgers. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna. I know it's Cincinnati's right or it's St. Louis's right now. I'm gonna say it's Cincinnati is the is the wild card team. I'd love to say it's the Phillies, but they're not the playing Padres. like they want I'm, to. I'm gonna say it's the Padres. I, that's such a hard schedule, but then again. If we thought the Phillies had an easy schedule and they're not doing anything there, but they're, I don't know the, the injuries. It feels like the, all of that finally uh, caught up to them, that the whole team is just kind of uh, keeling over and that schedule's too hard. So I'm saying Cincinnati, their schedule's also, easy. Their offense is really good. I don't know why you're complaining. You get a free baseball tonight. You get, you get extra innings with the, with the wonky guy in second. You get no, the still going to the bottom of the ninth inning. Still going to the bottom of the ninth. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna say the the Reds is my answer. All right, all right. Um, now, now, real quick, Jordy, quick question: Who has the most home runs in all of baseball right now? Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Okay. Um, all right. Anything else about baseball you want to wrap up before we uh, quickly do the Ryder Cup story or or anything? No, I like this Toronto Boston for the wild card. We didn't actually say what we wanted there, uh, so I, I'll say that's our wild card. I know you wouldn't like to see a Canadian wild card game, but I think that'd be a lot of fun, especially because we've only gotten Canadian fans for a month and a half and it'd be really fun to see them host something. Yeah. 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 That would be fun. Um, Jordy, I have one last question. Who leads all of the American league in batting average? Uh, uh, two players do actually. Um, 
your boy Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and uh, some guy in the Astros. Um, which guy in the Astros? I'll tell you in a second. It uh, is actually okay. Michael Brantley. Just, yeah, but Michael Brantley is a point three one five, and Guerrero is a point three one seven. So oh, Yahoo just, doesn't have an update. All right, get out of here. Yahoo doesn't have an update. Just no, no, technically just Guerrero. No, that that's. I mean, it's okay. You you're allowed to be wrong. And and who leads the American League? In, in in no in war. Yeah, your favorite stat. So tell me. Yeah, not. <laughs> Marcus Gar- Simeon actually. Marcus Simeon actually. Not even not even Guerrero. I mean, that's um, a. I'd love. I would love to see the the A's try to. Or no, he's on the Blue Jays. Excuse me. Um, yeah, he. He's long on the time Blue A. Jays. Long time A. Marcus Simeon. Um, but but who who is the best OPS in baseball? Troy, give me that. Uh, at one point it was Bryce Harper, but I believe it's it now Vladimir Guerrero Jr. No, it still is. It still is. It is. Vlad second. Yeah, Vlad. Vlad second. Yeah. All right. Let's go, you Bryce. Got one. Yeah. You got one right. You got one right. But yeah, Vlad Guerrero. He's leading in all major categories for the American League. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll something to keep keep an eye on there. Um, Jordy, give me give me the most controversial pick from this weekend from from the. Uh, NFL slash college pod you did last night with Matthew. I was uh, actually I saw a guest host. I didn't have the time to listen today, but g- give me give me the most controversial game, and I'll and I'll give you my pick. Most controversial game, like one you guys disagreed on, or one one that one that you agreed on that maybe I'll think differently. Uh, the only game we did not pick was Atlanta plus twelve and a half at Tampa. Ooh, that's a huge. That's a huge. Point exactly. That's why I stayed away. I had the last NFL pick, and I stayed away. I ended up picking Jacksonville plus six, hosting the Broncos. I'm gonna take it. You know what? Suck it. I'm taking. I'm taking Tampa. There you go. Tampa, I should say. Tampa. Tampa. There you go. Not Tampa. shocking to hear you uh, go against Tom Brady. No, go with him. I'm taking. Or go I'm taking with Tom Brady. Cover. Excuse me. That's what I mean. Uh, I mean, normally, normally he sputters out the gate. Yeah, normally he's a he's a 500 guy until week four or five. But uh, you know. Let's just let's just talk for a second. Go on ESPN's homepage for baseball. Everything's about Vlad Guerrero Jr. But anyway, Ryder Cup, Jordy. Give me give me give me give me the story here. Give me the breakdown. Yeah, so Brooks Kepka had this interview in Golf Digest where he basically talked about Ryder Cup week and what he likes, what he doesn't like about it. And to kind of sum it up, he basically said something to the effect of that he doesn't totally love it because it's so organized. The exact quote is it's a bit odd. If I'm honest, I don't want to say it's a bad week. We're just so individualized. Everybody has their own routine and a different way of doing things. And now during Ryder cup week, it's like, okay, we have to have a meeting at this time or go do this or go do that. It's the opposite of what happens during a major week. Um, he also made a comment saying that he thinks he's going to pass Tiger Woods in number of major tournaments one, uh, to which Steve Stricker came back out and saying, it doesn't sound like he loves the Ryder cup. And if that's the case, his spot should be rescinded or he should give it up. I think one of the other, um, and now it's turned into this whole dramatic thing of trying to figure out. What the hell is going on? The Ryder Cup, obviously two years ago at Le Golf National in France, did not go the U.S.'s way. Everything came out about Patrick Reed and about how nobody seemed to like him. And all this crazy shit ended up happening. 
And um, yeah, now we're at this point where Brooks Kepka, after this whole Brooksy Bryson shit that's been going on this whole year, the picture of him rolling his eyes at the PGA and all this stuff, and then Bryson really just continuing to back his way into it because we had a whole thing, Greg, about with Bryson talking about him doing two days because he's doing a long drive competition the day after the Ryder Cup ends. Um, and now Brooks Kepka coming out with this and really putting some weird, weird, weird perspective on just a U.S. golf team that made some weird captain's picks and not a lot of confidence going into a home soil Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. Um, and the drama has already started and it's seven days away from the opening ceremonies, or I guess technically eight, seven and a half days. It's Thursday afternoon, September, I almost said July 23rd, because that's my birthday, September 23rd. U.S. teams in shambles, Greg. A lot of drama going into the tournament. What do you think about this? So, my, my, who was there in 16 when they won, right? Um, I'll double check that. I don't, I don't yeah. know if he no, was no, or not. No, he was, he was, he was, he was, sorry. He was. My my biggest takeaway is everyone wants to blame Reed. Everyone wants to do this that. You watch that press conference back. It started with Kepka and 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 Dustin Johnson, right? Not necessarily started. Oh yeah, that's right. They had the falling out. That yeah that that press conference after the team USA lost to uh, twenty eighteen, I should say in France was it or no was it? Yeah, it was in France in two thousand eighteen. Yeah. They golfed yeah, SNL. So, so so after they lost that, uh, the the it was really Brooks and DJ that started it all. And then once Brooks started running his mouth, then Reed was like, yeah, I didn't really understand, you know, Spieth and I were undefeated two years ago. I don't understand why we weren't together this time around, but you know, it is what it is. And then everyone started going after Reed after that comment and, and Kepka kind of got pushed aside and overlooked and, and swept over. And I think that, as much as leaving Reed off, I feel like Reed is enough of uh, smart enough to know, shut my mouth, suck it up, be cordial. Like he, he has enough tact to, to, to get by. Whereas well, Brooks clearly, clearly does not Brooks. The one guy who was, who was on his side was DJ and he burned that bridge. Right. Yep. He's just, he's just a guy that has said from, he's like, I hate golf. I don't, uh, it's my job. Not what something I like to do. He's the type of guy that that is just giving you every reason and excuse to not like him. You know, I don't like golf. I only do it because I'm good at it and and, uh, and it's my job. I, I do I, when I'm not playing golf. I when I'm not here on tournaments, I do anything but play. He's just such a heel, and to come out and say the week of, I can understand you saying it in February. I can understand you even saying it the week after. But saying it the week of, or, or I guess week two before, weeks of, yeah. yeah, there's nothing really going on. To say it that, in that context, right after the team had a practice, quote-unquote practice at Wesleyan Straits, everyone was there. I don't know if he was or not, because he's still recovering from his wrist. And then to, to come out and say that is just a fucking nightmare for Team USA. Yep. Nightmare. And, and, again, I think Bryson is a guy who can get on board, regardless of how controversial it is. He's not the one out there starting shit with other players. People are talking about him, right? You're not going to hear Bryson talk shit about someone else, right? You're you're going to hear people talk shit about him. So he's going to show his mouth. Even Patrick Reed's not on the team, but he would have shown his mouth. 
You know Burger's not saying anything. You know Finau's too nice of a guy. You know DJ doesn't say a word to anyone. Well, it's worth noting, it's half and half. Rookies and experienced guys. The They had six automatic qualifiers, for those that don't know, and six captain's picks. And four of them were rookies. Now, granted, Xander Shoffley, who has been awesome. And, President's Cup gold yeah. medalist. Yeah, and it just won the gold medal on the President's Cup team. Tony Finau, who had a great year. Jordan Spieth, who had his first, yeah, has first win, is a Ryder Cup experienced person. Harris English, who had a really good year. Daniel Berger, who had a couple wins. Scotty Scheffler, rookie of the year a couple years ago, and now has had, had a pretty good sophomore year. But, like, you don't pick Morikawa. Traction Reed. Morikawa was an automatic qualifier because he won no, a major. No, he's a rookie, yeah. He's yeah, a rookie. He's a rookie. Yeah. I was just talking about the captain's picks. And oh, same yeah. with Cantlay. Cantlay won the, the FedEx Cup, so he was an automatic qualifier. He's also a rookie. But, like, you don't pick Patrick Reed, who you mentioned it, kind of knew what to do, and he was on the scene, right, of, in 2014, pu- like, put a fucking stamp on being, like, one of the only, like, serviceable members of that team in Scotland that got thwomped, and then had the legendary match with Rory in 2016, and then you're right, the fallout in 18 all got kind of funky, and then there was the uh, the report and, like, the shit with his wife, um, but yeah, the... The it's worth noting of like the guy the other guys who qualified really outside of like Justin Thomas aren't really you know that Bryson DeChambeau got swept in his last appearance and I feel like even though he's doing all the crazy shit Bryson's always doing crazy shit it's just like kind of similar to Brooks there's like for both like your head's not there and it, it becomes this weird fucking sideshow that you don't need going into it. And to not bring in guys that could have really brought in some serious experience. Phil is an assistant captain, but he won a fucking major this year. And I get it. He didn't have a winning record last year. And he didn't win nah, you, you, his you singles. Can't have Phil Mickelson. You can't you don't have think Phil so? Mickelson. Why? Because no. he can't hit the ball mile? Like, he hit yeah, it well in the PGA. No, no. You can't have Phil Mickelson for you can't have Phil Mickelson for the singles matches. You can't you can't it's gonna come down to the singles matches and you just can't have him. You can't have him out there. That's fair. You're, you're gonna play him. You're gonna play him once a day, maybe in a in a, in but a did, probably. Like, but you did that with Bryson in his rookie appearance, and you did it with but Tony Fee now. But you're not gonna you're not gonna play you're not gonna play Phil in four ball. You're gonna play him in the in the alternate shot every yeah. other alternate shot, and and you don't need that erratic potential erratic shots that he has. Yeah, you know that's fair. I think and Phil only think, played in two that, in the last round. I'm just saying, like of guys, I think, who I think the difference there, is. I think the difference. I think that his. I think the difference between, especially Brooks and Bryson, Bryson, regardless of what you say, loves golf. Yeah, he does. His off time, his spare time, golf, 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 golf. Sure, he's training for long drive, but guess what? Long drive is still golf, right? End of the day, you maybe his focus is quote unquote split, but it's not really split because he's still focusing on golf. He's still going to be that guy. And, okay, he, for the last year and a half since the pandemic, has been top of the headlines, one of the best, if not the best golfer for two straight seasons. Average it out for two seasons, he has to be up there, right? He is up there. Patrick Hanley had a better year, but he is up there. Well, this year, DJ had a better year last year, but bryson had the had the whole body of work won a major blah blah he's been ma- the final major groups for how many in a row like he's just in that span 
of time. He automatically qualified, et cetera, et cetera. I think Brooks being hurt, I think the Patrick Reeves thing, like you said, I'd, I think it's less about him being controversial. I think it was the fact that he had pneumonia. I think if he didn't have pneumonia because he missed the playoffs because of it, if he yeah, didn't have that, fair. I, I think that he gets picked um, realistically. And that's, and that's my last take. And, and, and I think it had nothing to do with the controversial thing. Cause I think like, like you said, like I said, no, Reed, I, I don't think so. Either. Reed, Reed can suck it up. Yeah. I think Brooks is makes a strong case for himself not to be picked because he's the guy. Like, how do you get in a fight with DJ? Name one person on tour who's ever said anything bad about Dustin Johnson. The key word's right? on tour because there's a, a heavy rumor about a guy who never fought in his own sport fighting with him, his father-in-law. <laughs> Sorry, that's that's out of place. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but but that's my point is that, okay, so so – this this team, I mean, the, everyone talks about how the Europeans don't necessarily pick the best player. They pick team chemistry. They go for guys who want to win, and and sometimes that propels you more. Well, the than, Europeans than the they and, had nine automatic qualifiers, and they picked Shane Lowry, who similarly fucking loves golf. You saw all the shit in 2019 when he won the the British Open, and then seeing all the stuff that he did, being the twice defending champion, or I guess the defending champion for two years, and then you know who the other two picks are. Guys who fucking get it done on the European team. Sergio Garcia, the all-time winningest, at least European, maybe Ryder Cup player ever. He passed Nick Faldo. And Ian Poulter, who throttles the U.S. He has a 68% winning percentage in set in his now seventh Ryder Cup. And Lee Westwood qualifying again. A guy who just does fucking work. And, like, I don't know, it's... They're going to be really good, the European team. And it's like, I'm going to watch. I'm going to be excited. But it's it's concerning if you're looking at this. Yeah, the only, the only thing I say is, like, realistically, Jordy, if you're going for a team chemistry team over over the best of best, I mean, the U.S., with the exception of Reed, took the 12 best players in terms of their ranking. Um, That's not true. Patrick Reed wasn't picked. Webb Simpson wasn't picked. I said okay. I said with the exception of Reed, okay, Webster. So they took, they took Reed. We'll call it. We'll call it injury. So that doesn't count. So they took. They only. They they only took one guy of, of who wasn't in the top twelve. Correct. Or they only omitted. I should say whatever. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Correct. So like they're going with an all-star team, as opposed to a team chemistry team. Yeah, look what and happened in the Olympics with basketball. Yeah, they won the gold. Yeah, that hasn't. No, I'm talking worked. about. The, I'm talking about how they had to redo it all in 04. Remember, we had to like have the whole discussion of do we need a team or do we need the good players? Remember the AI slamming the ball in 2004 in Athens, and then the redeem team and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think the I'm, I'm making your 0, point for you. Okay, I think the I think the biggest problem in 04 for basketball is a whole different conversation, but I'm not sure that they had the talent that the teams since then have had. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I was trying to. I was trying to agree with you, Greg. I was saying <laughs> but, the American. So, we did it once, and we should so, do it with the Ryder Cup. But now they're gonna have another yeah. fucking task force to be like, how do we fix the Ryder Cup? Team? No, I think we lost think, on U.S. soil again. Oh, honestly, ooh, ooh, ooh. honestly, I think I think Tiger was on his way to making it. I think that threw a big wrench when he got hurt. I think people wanted it. The team wanted. The team needed it. Uh, but I think this Team USA team is exciting because they have young. Speeds is back. JT proved in the last two that, or last uh, in Europe, that he loves loves this environment. 
uh, and he did it in the President's Cup too. I think Morikawa is going to be great because he the college thing. Yeah, Scheffler the college thing. You know, I just think with the exception of, I honestly think the only the only problem is Brooks. I think. Well, like now said, it is right. Right. Yeah. No, no. I think no. I think even even before these comments, I would have said the same thing. I think he's the only problem, and I thought he was going to bow out because of his wrist injury. And I thought they were going to bring someone else instead, but yeah, him playing with the with the wrist injury is is also concerning. And now he makes the comments, uh, right? Exactly. And and Webb Simpson is playing in a tournament this weekend, so like he, you know, that's your quote unquote next flick. He, you know, he is he going to be tired because he's playing in a tournament? What you know what I mean? Like I the the thing that concerns me about again about Brooks, like even before like before he pulled out of that tournament with his wrist injury after hitting a root. I was concerned. And then he pulled out and he's like, Oh, I want to focus on the Ryder cup. And I was like, Hey, maybe he actually cares about the Ryder cup. He, he pulled out. He's, you know, he, he didn't want to hurt himself further for the Ryder cup and next season, blah, blah, blah. He, he wanted to go. He was, this is awesome. He's going to do it. And what does he do? He turns around and says this bullshit in the media. Maybe he's trying to go for a pip. Maybe he's going to have to apologize to everyone. I think he's the problem. I don't think Bryson's the problem because Brooks, his reaction, all Bryson did was walk behind him and Brooks rolled his eyes and huffed and puffed and made this whole thing. He's the one who keeps bringing Bryson's name up. He's the one who keeps this thing alive. Whether it's good for golf or bad for golf, in terms of this Team USA, in terms of Ryder Cup, Brooks is the problem. And someone needs to be the alpha in that room to tell him to sit down, fall in line, and do what you're told. And if I'm the captain, I don't play him. I only play him once a day. I don't play him. Well, you don't even have to play him once a day. You can play him. You can play him once. Well, they will. They're going to play everyone once a day. But I, I say fall in line if I'm the captain. I yeah, I'm looking at this about, now. You know, the U.S. is still a odds-on favorite because they have they have the the golf rankings. They're so much higher in the world. All yeah, of them, I guess so. across the board. I'm throwing ten bucks on Europe right now. Nice. Let's get into the matchups and teams. Like who's going to play with who, but. Jordy, if you're doing alternate shot with Bryce, who's 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 the perfect fit of these guys? Um, that's a really good question. And so for an idea, his partners in 2018, he played with Tiger on Saturday afternoon. He played with Phil on Friday afternoon, both of whom got boat raced five and four. Um, so I don't know with this one, Bryce obviously bombs it and plays pretty well and he has a decent short game so you kind of want to maybe have him have something similar of a guy that hits it longer i don't know it's, it's something of dj's been around for a while his partner's been you know it's been ricky fowler for a number of years so maybe you put them together two guys that it hit was, it long brooks. it was brooks too yeah it was brooks no it was well yeah it was brooks for one of them but for three of the four in 2018 it was ricky fowler and they yeah. played together in a bunch more of those too because uh, yeah. Ricky Fowler was on so many teams up until he just fell apart. Um, so maybe you throw them together. What about uh, I, I know maybe you don't Colin Morikawa? That might be yeah. an interesting one because they're so, they're both such good. Up. Colin's a really good iron player, and they're both really good putters. So I feel like that might be an interesting idea to throw together. I know you don't want to split up Spieth and, and JT, but I think Spieth with his chipping ability around the green. That's actually not that's not and, a bad idea. And with Bryson's ability to drive the green and then, or just like 50 yards in and then all speed that has to do is chip it close. You know, I think there's a chance there. I, 
I've been thinking about this for a while. I think that might be, I know you don't want to split up JT, but I don't know. That to me, I feel like is the smartest choice. Yeah. Who else has the chip? Who else has the chipping game? You did make a good point. Maybe Shoffley, but yeah, Shoffley's not a bad one of, uh, I, um, I don't know. Well, the, the rookies end up being really interesting of just whose game meshes with whom. I feel like they're not going to, at least for the first day, they aren't going to split up speed and, and JT, but that's not a bad no. call. And outside the box, maybe you need to try to figure something out on yeah. Saturday just afternoon. Shot. Just, yeah, exactly. Just an alternate shot. I'm not, the four ball is different because everyone's playing their ball, but yeah. just alternate shot. I was trying to think of who, who has the game to pair well. Like they, everyone was saying, oh, Phil and Tiger play different games. Phil is a scramble artist and Tiger is a get it out there and hit the green from the fairway kind of guy. And, and they, when they pair them up in ultimate shot, it never worked out for them, even though they won two in the world, like, and Phil played Tiger's ball and all that nonsense. Like, you know, you just think about those types of things and yeah. what game meshes well with what game or, or even chemistry, you know, who has the chemistry. I think, you know, SMU guy, Texas guy, you know, Southern Texas type thing. Maybe they have that connection. I think Spieth has class enough to not say anything and, and be on Bryson's side and be his champion. I think they both play super slow, so it works out perfectly. <laughs> anyway, all right, we'll talk about it more next week. I like um, it. I like it. Jordy, go Sox, go Pats, and uh, Greg. Final from Philadelphia. Final from Philadelphia. The sk- the Phillies win on a passed ball. Most fucking That's Phillies awesome. thing ever. Uh well, that'll do you know, it. You know, we we never talked about we never talked about which we'll get into because it's late now, but we never talked about how much of a difference a good manager makes on a team and the San Francisco giants and our boy Gabe, the babe is proof of that. Having a good leader, a good coach, good manager can single-handedly turn shit into gold. Well, we've talked about this before with the problem with Gabe Kapler with the Phillies and it did wasn't all his fault. And he was the scapegoat of a lot of it. And the 2019 and 2020 Phillies, or no, 2019 had Gabe Kapler. 2020 Phillies uh, certainly saw that and saw a lot of changes in the offseason. So I'll leave it at that. Fuck Matt Clintac. But that'll do it for this episode. The, the, Philly, the Phillies overperformed with Gabe and the Giants doing the same now. That'll do it. Go Red Sox. <laughs> Everybody subscribe to the bullpen Girardi card. Stick. Subscribe to the bullpen card wherever you get your podcast. Thunder, th- uh, follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderbox Sports on Instagram. For my man, Greg Piatelli, I am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. Have a great weekend. Go and let's go, Phil. contentious one. Go Sox. This is a contentious one. You know, we we argued about the Yankees cheating, and you completely just glossed it over and tried to cover them. And then we argued about how somehow you think, despite all the numbers, Vlad is worse than Shohei. Dumb take. I mean, this is a contentious one. I liked it. I'm looking this up quickly before I actually close this out. Futures, player awards, AL MVP is Shohei Otani minus 3,500. You need to bet $3,500 to win 100. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. plus 1,100. You'd win, if you bet $10, you'd win 110. Okay, but that's just that's just people bet. Like I could I could go in there and put a bunch of money on Vlad and change the line, no problem. Like, okay, go change on. the line. Go Betting. change the line. Be that guy please, they talk about on ESPN. Please.
Anyway, Please. we're gonna start this up again and ESPN. be here for another three Who hours. Who watches ESPN? Who watches ESPN? Be on, be on fucking Bleacher Report then. Bleacher Report, Good by talk. the way. Bleacher Report, by the way. Hockey, hockey guys now. Big hockey guys. Uh, but we're now getting into the the portion of the evening where we get into too many tangents, meaning we should close this out. Let's Good go, talk. Phils. Good talk.